Star Wars 7x7, episode 840. Today I'm breaking down the excerpt from Star Wars Catalyst, a Rogue One novel, and the interview comments that accompanied it from Pablo Hidalgo. Punch it, Chewie. Hi, this is Alvin Johnson with the 501st Legion, and you're listening to Star Wars 7x7, the only daily Star Wars podcast. Hey Rebel Rouser, welcome to Star Wars 7x7. I'm your host, Alan Voivod. And up to this point, I would say that I hadn't necessarily had USA Today on the top of my list of places to check on a regular basis for Star Wars news, information scoops, and whatnot. But as I've been thinking about it, and as the new excerpt of Catalyst, the Rogue One novel, has come out in USA Today, it's occurred to me that USA Today is actually giving us scoops on Star Wars novels and excerpts, and has been for quite a while. They had an excerpt from Aftermath Life Debt back in July, and prior to that, they had an excerpt of Star Wars Bloodline as well, which was released back in May. And yeah, it's starting to add up a little bit for me finally. I mean, I guess this is third time's the charm. But here we go. USA Today has the excerpt along with an interview with Paolo Hidalgo from the Lucasfilm Story Group. And we will link to that at the blog post for this show's episode at SW7X7.com. I already posted it actually on our Facebook page and sent that flying around social media spaces as well. I'm sure you've probably had a chance of seeing that already. If not something you stumbled across, then perhaps one of your good friends who knows how much you love Star Wars has shared it with you, you know. Friends are nice that way, aren't they? And speaking of friends, if you'll permit me the tangential aside for a minute, if you saw a news report saying that Star Wars is going to be filming in and around Portland, Maine recently, I have to break the bad news to you that it is not in fact true. It comes from a website that is peddling fantasy news and what they call satire. It's hardly satire. And it certainly doesn't look like The Onion or anything like that, so you wouldn't even know. A friend of mine tagged me on Facebook with it and asked if it was true, and I had to sadly disabuse him of the notion. Sadly also because of the fact that Portland, Maine is just a hop, skip, and a jump for me. And heck, a friend and patron of the show and fellow podcaster Tim McMahon of Less Than 12 Parsecs, he lives in Portland, so that's even worse for him. But anyway, sorry, Tim, if you saw that one. Anyway, thank you for allowing me to digress for a moment. Back to Rogue One. So Pablo Hidalgo, in the interview with USA Today, confirms that we are looking at sort of a Manhattan Project kind of situation shot through a Star Wars filter with Rogue One and with the Catalyst novel that precedes it. As far as the relationship between Galen Erso and Orson Krennic goes, well, there are a couple other situations name-checked by Pablo in the article, including Salieri and Mozart. And I knew that they were composers, but I had to go look up the fact that they were competitive back in their day. Additionally, Jobs and Wozniak, the co-founders of Apple, and also The Social Network gets name-checked. That's the movie version of Accidental Billionaires, which is about the founding of Facebook. So themes of competition and betrayal seem to be what Pablo Hidalgo is talking about here. And you could kind of get that idea from some of the synopses that we've seen already about the fact that Galen thinks that this is going to be 
a helpful situation for him that Orson Krennic is putting the resources of the then Republic at Galen's disposal so that way he can create something wonderful and useful and altruistic and so forth while Krennic is secretly manipulating Galen or so into doing something that will get the Death Star project off the ground and make it a final completed reality. Now, funnily enough, on Wednesday's podcast, I had gotten to thinking about a question that never really had a satisfactory answer, and it's not one that I've seen asked elsewhere, and that is how exactly did ownership of the Death Star transfer over from the Separatists to the Republic? Because now we have from as you recall, Star Wars Insider, a description that suggests that there was parallel planning happening. It wasn't just the Separatists working on the Death Star project, but that Palpatine and the Republic were working on the Death Star project as well. And I tweeted out to Pablo Hidalgo to ask him about that, to say, hey, how did ownership of the Death Star plans transfer from the Separatists to the Republic or the Empire, depending on when that transfer happened? And he was kind enough to respond and say, let's see what Catalyst has to say about the subject. And that lined up very well with the article that then came out on Thursday about the subject. So maybe I was a little prescient, I guess, in that Pablo says we are going to learn about some of the history of this Death Star project so far right now. At least as far as official canon goes, we've had an appearance of the project in the Tarkin novel that came out back in, oh gosh, November of 2014 was that? From James Luceno, who is also writing the Catalyst novel. But enough about all that. I know what you really want to hear about. You want to hear about that excerpt they published. It's from Chapter 5 of Catalyst. And at the top of it, let me tell you one thing really quick. It does put into context some of the shots that we've seen from Rogue One in the trailers and behind-the-scenes images. In particular, it's that whole thing about when Galen and family were kidnapped by the Separatists and when we see Orson Krennic showing up on whatever planet that is to pick up Galen and maybe possibly is looking for little Jin or so as well. But Jin is around seven or eight years old, roughly, in the footage we see from Rogue One. But she is definitely a baby in the excerpt from Catalyst. So the timeline at this point is that Galen Erso and family are captured by the Separatists and somehow Orson Krennic with the help of the Republic and possibly an external company are able to negotiate his release from the Separatists and that's when he starts going to work for the Republic or at least shortly thereafter and eventually figures out that all is not as it seems and as some of the synopses say he and Lyra untangle Krennic's web of deception and apparently they get away from him and are able to you know, escape to parts unknown, and then it's many years later in Rogue One that Krennic is able to track him down again. And Jyn Erso, being a baby at the time of this excerpt, which happens during the Clone Wars, suggests that she is approximately 20-21 years old at the time of Rogue One, a Star Wars story, the movie itself, and thus has been on her own for, say, five or six years, according to Mon Mothma's On Your Own Since the Age of Fifteen monologue. So I did do name checks of the characters and planets and companies that are mentioned in this and nothing so far is out there. So apparently we're all getting brand new stuff. They're not leveraging stuff from Legends, at least not on the face of it, for any of the stuff that's happening in Star Wars Catalyst. And the gist of the excerpt has 
Galen coming out of a prison cell and seeing Lyra, who is holding baby Jin, and the implication is that they haven't seen each other for some time because Lyra makes a comment about the fact that Jin remembers Galen. And yeah, you don't usually say that unless it's been a while since your baby has seen you. And as the Urso family is brought away from the prison and toward a spaceport, a ship from a company called Zerpin Industries shows up, and there's definitely been some relationship between the Urso family and Zerpin Industries. They are definitely aware of it as to whether Urso actually worked for Zerpin Industries in the past is not quite clear, but that's when Orson Krennic shows up. He is in that particular starship, and it looks a little ragged according to Lyra, which is unusual for a Zerpin Industries ship apparently but be that as it may we don't get the full details on why that's happened but we can probably guess at it because it seems to be being used for republic operations krennic shows up with a data pad that he shows and ultimately gives to the urso's captors you can presume that there's some sort of ransom being paid here at least that would be the conclusion i jumped to but if you have a different idea of what it might have been then feel free to chime in at the comments of the blog post for the show's episode at sw7x7.com Krennic does not give any indication to the captors that he knows the Urso family, but once he gets the Ursos on board, it's clear that they have known each other, and it has been a while since they've seen each other as well. Krennic is actually giddy, practically, at being able to see Galen again. Meanwhile, the Ursos are rather shocked to see Krennic, and he says that he's going to explain everything in due time, so we don't necessarily know why it was such a shocking thing for the Ursos to see Krennic in this situation. I guess we will have to wait to find out until November 15th when the novel releases. But as they are leaving this planet, Vault, V-A-L-L-T, a Separatist warship shows up and starts peppering them with laser fire, so so much for the nice, clean ransom and pickup situation. But it seems like this ship is actually more than capable of dealing with it, and that I didn't necessarily get a picture of, considering they talked about how this Zerpin Industries ship looked pretty ragged, but it's positioning itself for an attack on a Separatist dropship that it had seen on the planet, and also on the city below that the Ursa had just been picked up from. And this doesn't sit well with either of the Ursos. Lyra says, Orson, no, it's over, it's done with. And Galen says, they're harmless, separatists or not. And Orson says, but we're at war and they're on the wrong side. And so, yeah, we find out that he is really Lieutenant Commander Orson Krennic. He is actually military grade in this situation, even though it didn't start off looking like he was. Of course, we know from the Rogue One movie trailers so far that Orson is part of the Imperial military, but it seems that his military ties go much farther back all the way into the Clone War. So in the final analysis, based on the excerpt and adding that to all the other information we've gathered so far and also factoring in Pablo Hidalgo's interview on the subject, it does seem like... Orson Krennic has a very interesting and ultimately conflicted relationship with Galen Erso. He certainly admires Galen. He seems to actually genuinely enjoy his company. They were friends at some point. And yet, and yet, Orson is apparently looking at him as the key to getting this Death Star project off the ground. And it seems like there's going to come a point where Orson is not going to be happy about the fact that Galen does not want to continue working on the project. And I think that's where we get to Rogue One, or at least some of the flashbacky stuff in Rogue One, where Orson is basically saying, 
you know, forget this. Like, I'm not asking nicely anymore. Now you're just coming with me and I've got the might of the empire on my side so I can just make you do it. This could be one of those situations where we find out that Orson is actually jealous of Galen. He's jealous of Galen's talent. He's jealous of Galen's life. I'm sure that Orson doesn't have a wife and doesn't have kids or anything like that. So he probably is looking at Galen and seeing you know, all the things that he has passed up or that he doesn't have access to and might find himself very frustrated and challenged by looking at Galen and seeing what Galen has in this world, in this galaxy. And so I want to know what you think. Do you think that jealousy is possibly afoot here and that it'll come into play as Orson decides how he's going to deal with Galen and how he's going to get that unique information out of his head to make the Death Star project a reality? Let me know what you think about that in the comments of the blog post for this show's episode at SW7x7.com. All right. I am going to call it a day with the exception of your trivia question, which is coming right after the break, so stay tuned for that. Hey Rebel Rouser, you're listening to this podcast, maybe you'd like to listen to a Star Wars story too. Luckily we've got just the thing for you. We've partnered with Audible to give you a free download and a free 30-day trial of their awesome service. All you gotta do is go to audibletrial.com SW7X7 to sign up and get your free download. They've got dozens of Star Wars titles, anything you want to do to explore that galaxy far, far away. One more time for you, audibletrial.com SW7X7. Welcome back. I've got a trivia question for you and a brief visit from Jin Erso herself. This is a rebellion, isn't it? No, I keep telling you it's a podcast, not a rebellion. Good grief. All right. Sorry about that, folks. Let's just do the trivia question. Last time I asked you what artifact from the original Star Wars movie Finn discovers while he's searching for medical supplies, and that is a training remote. Today's question, so we know about the compressor that Ankar Plutt installed on the Falcon, but there's one other item he installed that gets mentioned as well. What is it? Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. And hey, before you go blasting your way out of Moss Eisley, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And if you want to join the inner circle of fans, become a patron of the show at patreon.com SW7x7. It's not an Imperial spy, it's Destiny Unleashed. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox. It is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2016 Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.